Welcome, welcome, welcome to my podcast, Leaving Religion and Those We Leave Behind. I am Amanda Joy Loveland, and I am your host. Man, I've had so many just amazing things happening lately, and I have to share a few with all of you since you, my listeners, are sharing this and listening and really encouraging and helping this podcast to grow. We just top charted in the not top 20 in Canada under the category of religion. And then we have been within the 10, top 10, top 20 um, for the last several months in the United States. We also have New Zealand listeners and um, man, there's a few other countries. And right now I am completely spacing it that we are top charting there as well. So wherever you are in the world, thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing this podcast to those of you that are sharing it with loved ones. I know that this assists us all in helping to remind us that we're not alone in our journeys. And a few other things that I have going on, I just announced yesterday that I have a beautiful speaker symposium, Breaking Through Barriers, that I'm hosting here in Highland, Utah. And that will be April 24th. And this is a day immersive event. And this is something that I saw come in a few years ago that I really wanted to create and I wanted to grow. And um, I'm excited to finally do my first one. And this is unique in the sense that it's not just your typical speakers event. Speakers events are amazing and they're beautiful. But I really wanted to be able to have everyone in the audience have somatic experiences so that when you walk in the door, you have a hope for whatever it is that you're wanting to move, to let go of, whatever it is. And when you walk out that door, at the end of the day, you are forever changed. And the speakers that are coming in with me in this event are truly stunning human beings. They're brilliant. They have a lot of integrity. They're heart-centered and are just, um, they're just amazing. And I am so honored that they're going to be sharing the space with me. Head over to my website, amandajoyloveland.com forward slash breaking barriers. The ticket prices are $149 for the day and it includes lunch. So I do anticipate this event selling out fairly quickly. It's a smaller venue that we're doing this first event at. So if you are interested, I would go grab your ticket today before they sell out. I have a few spots left for my retreat that's coming up in March in Springdale, Utah. That's the 17th through the 20th. And this is for those of you that are ready to put down those things that are no longer serving. Using breath, sound, meditations, guided journeys, and exercises, I will guide you through experiences that will assist you in removing the layers and the binds that are persisting in your life. And you will come out on the other side knowing more of who you are. So if this is a soul's call to you and you are feeling that pull to come, then I encourage you to go snag one of the last spots available, amandajoyloveland.com forward slash unbind. And my next guest, you guys, I have not seen Mimi Knowles in I don't know how many years and connecting in this space and oh my gosh, it's so fun. For those of you who've listened to my past episodes, there's not a whole lot of swearing. However, I'm forewarning you, there is more swearing on this one, but this conversation was truly a joy to have and super entertaining. So I am excited to launch into my next interview with Mimi Knowles. I was at a gig this weekend. Oh yeah? Where was it at? Ketchum, Idaho. Ketchum, Idaho. That's got to be a Native American name. Ketchum? It's got to be. Huh. Or a Pokemon, like Ash Ketchum. <laughs> it's one or the other. Oh, was it fun? It was very fun. Are you still loving doing music? 
It's great. I'm so thankful to be able to still be doing music. Yeah. It's like in a different capacity, but it's still fun. Well, that's awesome. Get paid well. Yeah. Get to see like. Well, there's a, I'm sure it's like this huge creative outlet for you too that you really enjoy. Incredible. Cause when I started, I was like, yo, I got to get famous. And then that's when the money comes and then chasing fame for years that was yeah. draining. And now I've found a different business model where I can still perform, but still make really good money, but also be able to get other people paid too. Yeah. So it's been great. That's super cool. Yeah. Well, I'm sitting here with Mimi Knowles today. We haven't, this is like a reconnection. Like how, we were just saying five lifetimes ago. Is the last time like, I saw you? Uh, like you were probably performing down at, what was that performing place in Provo? Right Valore. on. The Lore. Is it mm-hmm. still there? Mm-hmm. Is yeah. it really? Yeah. I'm chewing gum. Should I stop chewing gum? I don't really care. Okay. I should have grabbed my Kleenex. I'll be a quiet chewer. Um, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was at Valor. Um, I was 22 probably when we met. You were a baby. Yeah, for real, for real. <laughs> and And I had never been to Alpine before. So I come from Maine and like it was very rural and I remember I was mowing my girlfriend's at the time's lawn to try to like, and I was like, I'm gonna mow this lawn so good that her dad's gonna like me (laughs) and I'm mowing the lawn and in Maine it just rains and then we have like irrigation if it's a drought that we run, but we don't have sprinklers. Uh-huh. that pop out the ground. So I'm mowing the lawn and then this metallic like alien looking thing pops up and I'm like, holy shit, what the fuck that? And then I ran inside. <laughs> I was like, yo, it's some shit in your lawn that's popping up. And he's like, a sprinkler? I'm like, you recognize this device? And he's like, yeah. I had no clue about that. And then oh also he gosh. was like, um, th- uh, they had a water fountain in their house. Yeah. And I was like, like a drinking fountain? It was like a like a water fountain. Like, like you a, like in a public place where there'd be a water fountain, they had it in their house. Oh. And I was like, This is what rich is. You got a water fountain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was crazy the first time I came to Alpine. But yeah, that was like ten years ago. That's like ten years ago. That was a long time ago. Well, and then I had a friend, a mutual friend that's like, have you seen what Mimi's posting? You should have him on your podcast. So yay that we get to reconnect and yay that you're here and yay for, I'm really curious to hear your, I don't know a thing about your Mormon story. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. Um, A lot of people my age are leaving. A lot of people are leaving. Why do you think that is? (sighs) Myriad of reasons. Um, But I, I think they're real um one of the reasons is they're realizing the things that they can get from the LDS church are exclusive to their mm-hmm. like community um like ways to self improve um and they also can get a lot of the 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 good things even the great things from the LDS church without the shame and guilt yeah um and like obligatory stuff i was thinking about it on my way here because my mom and dad are converts. My mom's from Quebec, Canada, and my dad's from the Bahamas. And they met in Maine, and then they were converts, and they were almost Jehovah Witnesses. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, Interesting. Skr, like, I'm glad I didn't get that. No kidding. Because I could have birthdays and Christmases, at least. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so that's how we came into the church. And my mom was just talking, like, because my mom has left the church. And she was like, it was like a part-time job. Like it was, uh-huh. sometimes it was like a full-time job. 
Um, and you think about like people that are in leadership positions that are like bishops or whatever, like it's like damn near a full-time job. No kidding. Um, Especially people in the bishopric or leadership, like you're talking. Yeah. It's crazy. And you, and you, that comes at a sacrifice. Yeah. That you only have so much time. So you Mm -hmm. have to sacrifice something. And a lot of times it's like your family or Mm -hmm. your spouse. Um, or even your your sanity, your 100%. like, you know, who's who's taking care of you if you're constantly depleting yourself in 100%. service. Mm-hmm. There's only you only have so much energy. I think mm-hmm. I feel like your energy is like a gas tank, and you have it can be depleted. It can also be refilled 100%. during the day, but it's like where are you spending that energy? Mm-hmm. And um, my mom felt bad because she's like, I wish I had been able to put more time and energy like into my family unit oh. versus like the the church. Okay. And I get that too because I was doing that too. Um, there's like a there's like a duty thing where it's like it's a it's a bold thing and like a great thing to be to sacrifice the time with your spouse or your kids for the betterment of community and the mm-hmm. betterment of like the church, you know. Um, and there's there's probably pros to that too, but for me, like family's number one. Like, yeah, my wife is number one. Like that's the homie. That's the down to ride. Like she's always coming first. And then the kids are right after that. Mm-hmm. And then it's like my, like communities. Um, so anything that comes in between that for me is like an obstruction of what I'm trying to, trying to reach. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there, it's so, there's so much. Yeah, and I think that's the biggest thing is about people our ages or like my age is that they, they can get everything that they want without having to deal with the shame and guilt. Mm-hmm. And a lot, and a lot of the things I hear with my generation too, is that there's so much unresolved trauma from our parents' generation that got, that went unresolved from their parents' generation has been passed down mm-hmm. and, um, trauma can become genetic. I'm sure, you know, way more about no, like, I love that, that type you of know stuff this. too. Yeah. Um, Gabby was talking about it, but like it can, it, get, it gets into your DNA. And mm-hmm. so I think it can be passed down seven generations. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Isn't that insane? Mm-hmm. Which means that I I would have slave shit in me. Mm-hmm. So crazy. Um, Unless someone back then had resolved mm-hmm. and healed, then it wouldn't necessarily get passed down. But there is scientific study. There's a book called It Didn't Start With You that actually goes to some of the science behind how they're wow. showing that this is actually being proved that trauma is passed down through the lineage, through the DNA, seven generations. There you go. That's why when you do healing, you actually will heal forward and backwards because there's no such thing as time, Mm -hmm. right? It's It's a a construct construct that we've created on earth to create normalcy and order and time doesn't exist. So if that's the case, then when you do your own healing work, Mm -hmm. it moves forward and backwards. That's amazing. I know it's fascinating. Stuff that, doesn't necessarily get talked about like in the LDS church. There's fantastic stuff that does get talked, but there's so much else to learn, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of my generations like had time to like really sit and think about all this shit. And not only is it our own trauma we're taking care of, but it's like our parents and our grandparents trauma that we're all trying to resolve on top of being a part of like any really, any institution that, that has like shame and guilt built into it. Mm-hmm. It just becomes too much to bear. Yeah. You know? Oh, I totally agree. So I think that's like the major thing, but it's, it's, it's rampant. It's like, everybody's like leaving. And then a lot of like friends that are still in it. And it's similar to my story. They're just, kind of, it's almost like a, 
like how some Italians would be like Catholic, like culturally Catholic. And um, I'm hearing a lot of that too. There, there's like a lot of cultural Mormons. And I think there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot, like I hear a lot of like younger kids saying there's like neo-Mormon or like, I don't know. There's so many different terms. I can't remember what they are. I have not heard of But there's of a those. lot of like subclasses of how people identify with their Mormonism. Now? Because I feel like with Christianity, you had that. Well, with Mormons, you had the Molly Mormons and you had the true blue Mormons and then you mm-hmm. have the Sunday Mormons. Mm-hmm. At least that's what I, but it's the same thing with Catholics. You mm-hmm. have the... So that would make sense that it's starting to divide a bit yeah. with how you're classifying yourself as a Mormon, if mm-hmm. you're Mormon. Mm-hmm. I interviewed a woman not too long ago who's within the Mormon church and teaches, but she doesn't identify as Mormon. Wow. So it's just, you know, it is interesting. And I think there's beauty in people deciding, okay, I like this for this reason. And so I'm identifying this way. Mm-hmm. But... It's hard when when something's like you're either in or you're out. Yeah. When so much of the world like doesn't operate like that. Mm-hmm. And I also think that's that's one of the things where religious people or whatever institution you belong to, like they take their pride in. Mm-hmm. Like we have chosen to sacrifice this stuff and be in it. And so like we're different because we chose to sacrifice it. If you're not willing to sacrifice those things, you don't get to be in here because we all sacrificed it. Mm. It wouldn't be fair if you came in. Mm-hmm. But that that was the one of the reasons why I kept hanging in for as long as I did was I felt like this charge to be the like progressive, outspoken LDS oh. person in church and and like people would say like crazy shit. It, it's the amount of times the craziest shit happens. It's always in Sunday school. I feel like <laughs> I, some, that's, I talk gospel did you? doctrine. I love you probably it. saw some crazy shit. Well, I was a different kind of teacher. Mm. So I don't know. Just the things that people say, like there's, I'm trying to remember this one time. I think we were talking about, I don't remember church stuff. And then, this guy raises his hand and he's like, I've never struggled with the word of wisdom because I love God. And if you struggle with the word of wisdom and break it, that means you don't love God. So I've, so I've never broken it because I love God. And he's like the same thing with law of chastity. And then I was like, okay, your struggles with law of chastity probably isn't because it's probably less an option for you. Like just judging him. I'm like, you probably not out here getting it every night, fam. Like, let's be honest. <clears throat> but I was just like, that's such a, a negligent, ignorant, condescending thing to say that you don't love your God. I love my God more than you do because like you, you sinned, you know? And I'm like, even if you read like any of the Bible shit or anything in like the book of Mormon, like there's a lot of stories that talk about, uh, the prodigal son, mm-hmm. like, um, he was really fucking with his other son that like left and came back. And the other son's like, yeah, but I was like, good all the time. He's like, ah, oh, shut up, bro. Like he's back. I'm happy. Like, let me just be happy for it. And, um, I'm like, that's like a perfect example that goes directly against what this man's saying. That's, and, and I made a comment <clears throat> and in the way that I would make comments was I would turn around and talk directly to the person. Oh. And so I called them out. I'm like, that's really crazy that you said that, that you feel like you have more love for God than other people that might struggle with certain things. I'm like, some people are born like addicted to some of these substances and it wasn't even their fault. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm like, I'm sure you have your trials that you're not talking about right now. 
And then he got really upset and flustered. And then I was like, I, I enjoy this. Like I do this all day on Twitter. Like I can do this in church. <laughs> but then when we walked out, it's like, I'm not trying to make this man feel bad, like about his life. So I was like, let's chat about it too. So we're talking and he's just saying some like crazy shit. And then this woman walks past us and she's crying. And then he like, I don't remember if he like grabbed, grabbed her. And I don't want to say, I don't remember exactly what happened, but he stopped her in some type of way, whether it was like he actually stopped her or like stepped in her way. He's like, why are you crying, sister? It's a beautiful day. There's no reason to be crying. Like we have the restored gospel. You should be happy. And then he, and then she was like confused and like looked at me. And then I was like, oh, I, I'm so sorry. And then she walked off. And then I had like a very interesting spiritual experience where, uh, you know that story about how Jesus was like pissed people were selling shit in the temple and he throws it the, yeah, the, the table. table. And I, I felt like that righteous fury, like that spirit, the spirit was like, what the fuck? Like, that's how the spirit was talking to me in the moment. <laughs> and so I turned to him and I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Did you actually say Yeah, yeah. And, wow. that, and that was like that. I was like, I don't even know where to start with how like misogynistic, condescending, like belittling, like you're a bad person. That's what I ended up saying. <laughs> I was so pissed. I couldn't like even gather my thoughts. I just, and I'm like, you're a bad person. And that's it. And I walked <laughs> off and I found that person. I'm like, I'm so sorry that that happened to you. I was just talking to dude. Yeah. I have no clue what's going on, but I'm so sorry for whatever you're going through. Even if you're not going through anything here for you, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's sad because you you hope that this stuff dies out. Like for example, like racism. You hope that shit dies out. Like you it's like at one point it's like people gotta like eventually stop, right? Like mm. these ide these ideologies, like they eventually end. Like somebody is the last person that thinks this way and it dies off. But this shit's still being passed on. Mm. And so like a lot of people like we just have to wait till the older generation dies out, but Nah, like it still passes on. Like this isn't anything new. This is like from the beginning, like the jump from whatever we were, whenever we got here, like this shit was there. Well, and I think that that's probably why, not in my opinion, that's why it's so important for us to do our healing work because mm -hmm. it, it, that is what will, when we start allowing ourselves to come to a higher level of consciousness, to having compassion, that man had no compassion and was operating in a place of um, total self-righteousness mm -hmm out of fear more than likely and out of a safety mechanism because there's some people that are so rigid in their holdings if they if something comes along and pushes them at all then it would require their world to unravel and that scares the crap out of people mm. and in my experience at least i agree 100% but this is why i think our healing work and even you know sharing having this podcast and allowing everybody to have a voice and and be heard and and recognize themselves in another and go, oh my gosh, I totally get what you're talking about. I had this instance, da, 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 you know, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And just remembering that we are, we are all here to be compassionate to each other, to show love. Like we are, we are love at the foundation of all things is love. That's where, how creation happens. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think that's, what was your spiritual experience? Just that temple, the, with Jesus in the temple throwing that this isn't was that what it was? Oh, yeah. That was just like a, I was just like, 
fuck you talking about? And the spirit was like, this is true. Like, that's how it felt. That's how it felt. <laughs> like, this is wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is not. Yeah, yeah. The spirit, yeah, that's that's how it felt. The spirit felt like one of my aunties being like, yes, let's go. That's right. Oh also, God, that's I so mentioned cute. my mom earlier. My mom was the best person I ever met in my life. Um, the The fact that everything that she went through and she was still an amazing mother and to this day is I haven't met a more perfect person. Mm. My mom is incredible despite everything that she went through. Like, so yeah, in the beginning, I wasn't trying to be like, yeah, my mom sucked. My mom is actually the best person I have ever met on this earth. That's and I don't awesome. think I'll ever find anyone close to it. Um, but yeah, you mentioned like fear. Um, it's so interesting because I served an LDS mission in Italy, um, which fucking rocked. It was amazing. Um, cause Where I was Italy? in Italy. Yeah. I was in Northern Italy. So I was in, um, um, I showed it on the East Coast uh-huh. of Italy and went to West Coast and went back to the East Coast and then finished in the middle. You still speak Italian? Lo parlo ancora. Oh. Mi piace tanto parlare italiano e lo studiato e I don't know why I'm talking Italian. Um, because I asked you if you speak Italian. You do. You did. And that was beautiful Italian. I, I have no idea what you said. I studied it at, at, I was like, if anything from this mission, I'm still going to speak this language. Yeah, it's a beautiful and language. It's like, yeah, like a lot of people are like, e, uh, la lingua dei angeli. It's the, when the angels is talking mm-hmm. Italian. When we die, whatever's there, they're speaking Italian because mm-hmm. it's the most beautiful thing. Um, but uh, yeah, I was like, I'm not losing that. Like, yeah, I love Italian. So I, I hung on to it, studied at college. Um, still talk with a lot of friends. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, we're teaching people to, like, have faith. And um, despite the fear pushed through, and then and then there'll be, like, this reassurance. And, like, there's just, like, think about it, like, diving into, like, a pool. Like, it's scary. But then, like, you get there, and it's cool, and you're chilling. But then I, f- I feel like at some point, I don't know, maybe I could be wrong. Like, I feel like there's so much security in religion. It becomes like a crutch mm-hmm. that you've used too long. Mm-hmm. So now it impedes your progress. Um, I would 100% agree with that. Yeah. And everybody's process and their their path is different. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was my teaching gospel doctrine. I go to bear my testimony and the only thing I could bear it in was light and love. And I had an instant knowing, oh my gosh, I'm done with this. And I could feel that there was more beyond this. Like mm-hmm. it was like, oh, I've learned everything I need to hear. And now it's time to, to continue growing because I couldn't grow anymore within yeah. the construct of that religion. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> I don't know who said it, but like complacency is death. Mm. And I'm thankful to like to be content, but I always, I always do want to be growing. Yeah. Um, Well, I think that on a soul level, that's why we choose to incarnate. That's why we choose to have all these different experiences is for growth. mm -hmm. I think that's beautiful. The complacency is death. That might be our title of the podcast. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Complacency is death. Mimi Knowles, but also like by some other guy that wasn't Mimi Knowles actually said this quote. Um, I will find it. Yeah. But think about like like stagnant water. It becomes like polluted, like mm-hmm. stuff gets stuck in it. Like it's Nobody gotta, wants to drink that water. No, it's got to keep moving. And then um, one of my mantras for the year is to like let go. So like yeah. swimming against the current, maybe maybe you're trying to get to some place back upstream, but it's like really, really difficult. Why would you, you go back upstream? Well, maybe there's something that's also a good question. 
because you think you want to get there. But so many times in my life, there's like, oh shit, I want, I need to get back to that place where I want to get to. But going with the flow, oftentimes you find there's something better that I didn't even realize. Like for example, I wanted to go on tour. I was just talking to my friend Haley about this. I want to go on tour as like a musician, as like a solo artist. Like Mm -hmm. I want to go hit all these cities. And I had friends that was doing it, but I didn't realize how financially difficult it was. Because you see people on tour, you're like, oh yeah, they're selling merch, like they're getting paid. A lot of times these people are paying to go on tour. They're paying like $5,000 a slot to be able to open up for these people. And so you get off tour and you're 20 grand short. Um, so, but I but I was like, I still want to, I don't care, I'll make it work. But now what I do is I, um, with two partners, we run um, a corporate party band business. So we have three bands and now we're like touring the US. So I have a gig. I just got back from Ketchum, Idaho, but we're playing in like New York. We're playing in Florida. We're playing in Austin. We're playing in Ohio. We have a gig in Cabo. We're playing in the Bahamas. But like I get paid. I'm also getting the players paid really well. That's awesome. So like I'm touring and I'm playing music. It's not like my music. Uh, and I don't think anything really beats playing like your own art. Right. But and it's And it's different. And I had to deal with that. <clears throat> but I still got that thing that I wanted. It's just in a way that I never expected it would come. Yeah. That's but I'm usually, thankful it's this way than well, the other way. That's what you, that's the irony I think about, and just in general in life, and we're totally getting off tangent, but I think this is still great information, but in general in life, I would, everyone that I've come across, including myself, the things that are unexpected that we didn't see or we didn't plan mm-hmm. are actually what brings us the most happiness. Hmm. You know, I never in a million years thought I'd be doing this podcast and talking about leaving a religion and writing books about it and never in a million years. And yet this is, this lights me up. Like I so enjoyed it and the people that are finding healing from it, mm-hmm. but I would have never planned this. I would say know? this is not a tangent. I'd say this is right on topic yeah. because it's again, it's like complacency. If you're complacent, you're not searching. You're not looking for anything. Yeah. You know? Well, but and going with the flow. So Michael Singer talks so beautifully about this. Mm. I don't know if you've read his surrender experiment. Mm-mm. Oh, you should. I'm he gonna, actually yeah. will liken flow, going with the flow and surrendering to a river. And that the rocks and the, that create current and the current is actually those things that come into our life of anger or we're trying to force something or whatever it is, or those thoughts, those limiting beliefs, those are the rocks that start getting in this river that becomes more tumultuous instead of just, hey, I'm going to go along with the flow Mm -hmm. and try to shift. He talks about even driving in the car, like when you get pissed off because there's a stupid ass driver in front of you. It's like, you know what? They're probably having a really bad day and I'm just going to send them love. God, this is so hard. I'm sending them (laughs) love. I'm sending them love. And it's a practice, right? Mm -hmm. And it is just that let's surrender and let go. And he speaks to how it's super funny and comical that we humans come onto this planet in an earth that has been created. How many, you know, how old is our planet? Hundreds of years old. It's older than that. And the, the emotions that have been going in motion for thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years, we come in and think we're going to go change the course mm-hmm. of how this has yeah. already been in motion. Yeah. It's quite comical. Yeah. You know, and, and this, we could get off on a huge tangent because then this goes into so many different theories that I have, but 
I still don't think we're on a tangent because I this I think, part is a tangent. I think, well, I could let go me bring it back on. then. So, oh man! So the the I think that's another thing that religion does too is is it instills in you like you are different, you are special, you are yep. unique. Which there are true things to that, but it's like you're special because you're a part of this religion. And um, my wife would talk about this too because she was a musician. You're the elite. Yeah, you're the elite. You're called there. You are. Um, you're better. Uh huh. You're higher than. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You and will then, stand out amongst the crowd. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're a city upon a hill, mm-hmm. and that fucks with your psyche. You're told that from like you're really, really young. Um, but you're, and, you were talking about your wife. Yeah, and she was saying, and that was uh, one of the reasons why she was pursuing a musical career because she's like, I like through the church know I have a purpose and I'm meant to touch all of these people and I'm going to make the biggest difference. And then she started to like experience burnout. And then, mm. and then you struggle when I've went with the same thing. You're like, well, what is my purpose? And then you struggle with validation because you're like, if I am like this like person that has all this purpose, how come not many people are like engaging with what I'm trying to do to like change? So for example, as a musician, you're like putting out music and then people aren't engaging with it. Then you're like, wait, so how am I going to change people? And then it fucks with your whole identity, which was, I'm like, great, I'm going to change everything. So yeah, I I think that there's like, it's a two-edged sword. I think there's strength in realizing that yourself, you do have a purpose and you are unique. Mm -hmm. But I think you can be unique without this perspective of being like, I'm better than. So one of the things, and I'll probably do a post about it today or tomorrow, although... I say today or tomorrow on this podcast will be released in the next few weeks. But our world, I think what religion has done is take away our power Hmm. in the idea that individually we are these amazing beings and we get to choose what our purpose is and what we want to do based off of whatever we feel. Choosing your purpose, yes. Whatever we feel our heart's desire is. And our life is a constant feedback loop. So if we're not getting the feedback that we're wanting, aka I'm not getting as many followers as I'm wanting with whatever, mm. shit, what am I doing wrong? What is the belief that I actually, because I create, my words are powerful. So mm-hmm. what's my self-thought? What are my limiting beliefs? What's the subconscious mind actually projecting out into my world mm. so that I can constantly fine tune and, and re-attune my vessel as a human being and a sovereign being so that I start getting more and more of the results that I'm wanting in life. And that's what I think is one of the most beautiful things is a, how powerful we are that we are gods in form and we're becoming more godlike. Like we still don't know what the hell we're doing half the time. So we're learning. This is where surrender comes in. At least is my belief. I agree with that. And it's not because I think with, with what you're speaking about, what religion does is, well, God told me this is my purpose. And so then I'm going to go after it. And if I'm not getting the results that I want, then something must be wrong with me. Mm. Because if God's not blessing me in this, there and really it's just a mentality. It's just a, a shift in thought. Because some people will go down that path and have massive success. Well, more than likely underneath the la- layers and in their subconscious mind, they have a belief that they will be successful. And so they will be. Mm-hmm. Um, but we like to put the blame on God. And yeah, it has nothing to do with God. Yeah. It has everything to do with our with ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that I think that religion I think there's a lot of beauty in religion and I think there's a lot of um challenges within religion. And I think that's one of them of the identity is not just 
your Mimi Knowles and whatever you want to create in this life, go create it, dude. Mm -hmm. Like you're not a byproduct of God. You are, and you're not, you chose in, you incarnated into this life. Why did you incarnate? Mm -hmm. What do you want to do? You know, instead of thinking, well, shit, I've got to constantly, if I'm not doing this and I'm being punished or I'm, you know what I mean? That, that cause and effect with God instead of, well, how can I better myself and how can I be more of like this amazing human that I want to be in this life? And, and going from that. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. And when you're on that pursuit for your identity, but you're also feeling all this shame and guilt for stuff you did when mm. you were like a kid and you still haven't been able to get through it, it gets really difficult. I think uh, one thing that I, th- I wish more of my friends held on to when they leave religion would be faith. And uh, there's a lot of terms that have become like irrevocably attached to religion. And I think faith is one of those ones that I wish could like live outside of it. Mm -hmm. So like faith, just like the belief in things that have yet to come. Mm -hmm. Um, My transition out of the LDS church and out of religion was like very, very natural. Like my, my life has my like day to day has like, hasn't had much change. Um, it, It is. And it's like fortunate. And I know that a lot of people don't, don't have that. But I think a lot of the reason is because I I had already, I had been leaving for a while. Mm -hmm. And so I, well, it's helpful too that your parent, your mom's gone out. mm -hmm. I assume your wife's on the same path as you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She'd been gone for a minute. And that's another thing too, is I feel like it's a lot more difficult as a woman to stay in this type of religion and also like a person of color. Um, So for me, I'm half black, half white, but I'm like racially ambiguous. Mm -hmm. People are like, they always like to guess what I am. I'm like, God damn it. Like, well, (laughs) it's white people that always just try to guess what I am. (laughs) They're like, Latino? I'm like, no. Like, uh, Italian? I'm like, no. Like, I'm getting close though, right? I'm like, I don't like you. I'm like, I I want to leave. (laughs) But being somebody that could be white passing and being a male in a religion, especially one like this, the shit's made for you. So it's more comfortable versus a woman or like a person of color or a woman person of color. This shit's not made for them. Mm -hmm. Like there was one time Jess came with my daughter and my, and Quincy was asking about people on the stand and she's like, who are they? And she's like, that's the bishopric. She's like, you'll never be able to be one of them because you're a woman. And I'm like, that's just facts. Yeah. That's just facts. And that was kind of the the tipping point, if there were to be for me wanting to leave, that my um, my wife identifies as pan. I'm a person of color. I have daughters. And I can't, I couldn't, I couldn't like, I couldn't associate myself or align myself with anything that makes my people or communities feel lesser than. Right. I want my daughter to believe she can be whatever she wants to be. Mm-hmm. And I don't want her to grow up in an institution that's like you can you can only like be this if you conform to yeah yeah so that that was like one of the reasons why and I I the reason why I made a post it wasn't it, the reason why I did it was I have uh, a lot of like people that are of the LDS faith that follow me mm-hmm. and I want them to like be misled so I was like yo like I'm not a part of this anymore and if you feel a type of way you can do with it what you will. And it was like a really short post. It was like four sentences. I can't even remember what I said. I was like, I think I'm, le- I'm leaving the LDS church. I'm thankful for my experiences and I'm excited for the new ones. I think it was all yeah. it was. Um, but also I, there's a, I was like, I bet you it's a lot of people 
that want to be making this post, but for whatever reason they can't. Oh, hundred percent. I had hundreds of DMS, like probably like over 300 DMS. Mm. Um, and they're all varying, but a lot of them was like, I wish I could make this post or like, I'd be, I'm so scared to make this yeah. post or I would do, I would do the same thing. I'd leave the church, but my husband would be so mad or like my husband's family would be so mad. Um, there's a lot of people that are like in the, in between that mm-hmm. wish they could just make a definitive step forward. Well, it takes a lot of courage to do that. And then re- being guarding yourself against the backlash. Cause you know, you'll get it. Yeah. Yeah. It's rough. And especially like, if you don't have a support system, like mm-hmm. my family has been through so much shit that like, if anybody does anything, the family's like, Hey, we got your back. Like we support oh, you. Even if we beautiful. don't understand it. Yeah. So I'm thankful for that, but not a lot of people have that, especially when they're like 17th generation LDS or whatever yeah. it is. But um, faith um, has helped me immensely as I'm like working on like career goals, family goals. Like um, I, I do a lot of like meditation, manifesting, like I'm very optimistic, mm-hmm. very like I try my best to be positive, not not blindly positive where if like there's something negative, I don't address it. Like. I still live with it, sit in it, but I don't, I don't even sit in it. Like I, re- I like recognize it, mm-hmm. take it in, but I, like I, I try to keep moving and try to learn from what I can from it. Um, because I know, I don't know, but I believe I have faith that um, whatever I'm striving to be able to reach, I'll be able to do it. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of friends that leave the LDS church or leave church or whatever it is. And they throw faith by the wayside. Mm. And so I see a lot of my friends struggling with like trying to like reach goals or trying, trying to be happy. They're like, this is where I'm at. And this is where I'm always going to be. Like, I don't believe it's going to get any better. Like, um, and I, yeah. And it's, I can see why they get there and I, and I'm not claiming that I know the answer, but for me personally, still, using faith in a non-religious way in my life mm-hmm. has helped me immensely. Those friends of yours that you're speaking to, did they have, when they left, were they angry? Yeah. And That's, there's, and they, yeah. yeah, you got to resolve the trauma. You got to heal. Yeah. Cause I, in my experience and as you're talking, and that doesn't breaks my heart because again, it's not like the Mormon church owns the market on faith. 100%. You know, and and so that's where I feel like oftentimes that happens because there's some sort of trauma or anger as far as why they're leaving. So they're it's like throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah. It's like, screw this. I'm done with this religion. So everything associated mm. with this religion is gone. Yeah. And it's a death process. And they're probably stuck in whatever one of those grieving stages. And hopefully they'll be able to move through it. And mm-hmm. that's that's the kicker. But yeah, I I feel yeah, faith is the antithesis antithesis of fear yeah you know so if you're not having faith then you're you're gonna sit in the fear Mm -hmm. more than likely which is why they're probably having a hard time moving and growing Mm -hmm. so and the the irony i was listening to a book the other day about you know when we came however you want to believe our history was and that and you know how we are all created on earth but when we are created and you have the whole adam and eve story that here they were in innocence and in you know, bliss, supposedly. And then here comes, you know, they get tempted, you know, eat the apple, here's the snake that comes in. And all of a sudden, we go from a oneness mentality to now we're split. Now we have good and evil. Mm -hmm. And yet they came from the same source. 
And so it's the same thing, in my opinion, of faith and fear. It's like, well, it's just the opposite of faith when you're in fear. So you're we're in fear. Okay, well, where do I need to trust more? Where do I need to have faith that this is going to work out? Mm. Because staying over here where this is scaring the shit out of me isn't working. Yeah. You know? You mentioned like <clears throat> the good and evil or good and bad. <clears throat> that's one thing I've been trying to focus on too, is like removing those labels from things. Right. Cause that's something growing up in a religion. It's like, this is bad. This is good. Everything's black this and is, white. Yeah. yeah. And I still, I, I still choose to not drink or smoke and that's just like a personal choice. But I had this like lingering feeling that, Oh, they're bad. And if somebody's doing that, that's bad. So I shouldn't be around them. And that was something as like, my wife was like starting to like experiment and do that type of stuff. I still had this like lingering belief Mm -hmm. that it's like, it's bad, it's bad, it's bad. So that's something I've been working on is like removing it because um, anything from any, from a perspective could be viewed as bad or most things can be viewed from a certain perspective as good. But I'm trying to view it as just, it is. It's, it's experience. It's Yeah, it's just something that's happening. Um, and for me, that's just lets me be able to move on and let that person experience and figure out what they want to do. Um, but yeah, I, I think there's like something blocking or like it's an inhibitor when you start to put things in like specific boxes, like that's bad. But like alcohol can be like incredibly helpful in some ways, you know? Um, like anything in life, everything in moderation is great. Right. Which is something that we learned in the LDS church. So the word of wisdom, you know, moderation, there's, there's truth in that. Eat meat sparingly, Mm -hmm. drink soda abundantly. (laughs) (laughs) Right. That's the irony, right? Don't drink coffee, but the fizz lines are crazy busy. Tell me how high fructose, high fructose corn syrup is better than coffee that comes from the earth. But you know, crazy. It's fine. Yeah. But yeah, that's, I think that's a good example of like something that is good to pull from that, you know, like moderation, all things. So yeah, that's like something I'm trying to do too, is remove that label. Um, Do you believe in multiple lifetimes? Shit. We getting into it, huh? This, this helps with the good and evil or the good and bad. So, um, I think my, one of the reasons why my transition at the LDS church was easier than most Actually, I'm not sure if it's hard for everyone, but in my particular situation, it was easier. Mm-hmm. It's because I kind of like transferred it. So instead of thinking about like an Anglo-Saxon Jesus or God, dude, I just think I think I operate more like universally. Mm-hmm. So um, I do good, do good comes back, and yeah. it's a and it's a cycle. If I'm trying to help people, help will also be there, and help will be provided to me more, mm-hmm. so I can then help people more. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just one of the laws of the universe. I agree. So that's that's kind of how I viewed it. I've just transitioned a lot of like those beliefs in, into like these type of things. So if if multiple lifetimes, <laughs> shit. So we got here from. I believe in like. The soul. I feel like there's something inside me, soul wise, that came from somewhere. Yeah. The laws of science says things can't be like created or destroyed. So um, after this life, I'm really not sure. Yeah. And for some people, that scares them a lot because we've not knowing. Oh yeah, the fear. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been we've had like a beautifully catered. Um, Story. display of what's <laughs> gonna happen there's a charcuterie of like 
just you the most this, beautiful this, thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it's gonna be your family. It's gonna look just like this. I don't know. And that's a. I think that's another big thing is like when people get up and like I know that Joseph Smith was a prophet. I know. And every time someone says I know, I'm like you don't. I'm yeah. like you believe. Right. And I don't think there's any. I don't think having believing in something and knowing something. I don't think believing is lesser than. Yeah. I think it's actually harder to believe than to know. But I, I think. I think that's where like the security comes in. It's like, yo, this is how it is. Like, cool. And I know that. And now I'm straight. Right. I but don't now, have to worry about it. Yeah. I don't have to worry about it. And that's why people gravitate to religion because life is easier when people tell you exactly what to do. Yeah. And when people aren't telling you exactly what to do or what's going to happen after this life, then that's when people like it gets scary. But, yes. And then you're forced to actually ask the questions yourself and yeah. grow your level of consciousness and your knowing. Yeah. And your knowing gets to change. And I think that's what you're talking about. When it's like somebody says, I know, like today I know this is my truth. Tomorrow it may change because I'm constantly learning and growing. Yeah. And there's such beauty in having that um, space for being curious that, mm -hmm. you know, my level of awareness right now, this is truth, mm -hmm. but I'm constantly learning. So who knows what I'll believe in a week, a year. The earth was the, the center of the universe and mm -hmm. then it wasn't. Right. The earth was flat. And then it, well, some people still believe the earth is flat, but then it wasn't, you know? Um, so even science changes. Right. Um, the science is constantly changing. But goddamn, uh, after this life, I really, I really am not sure. What I would love to have happen is that those people that I met in this life and have experienced life, like my family, that I can yeah. be with them in some type of way. Yeah. And also meet new people that I didn't get to meet because they came before or they came after. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. No, I'm not sure what that looks like, but that's what I hope for. That's mm -hmm. what I have faith in. Yeah. And, and I, that's my, my non-religious faith that I'll be with the people that I love. Yeah. Wherever it is, like I'll, I'll find them. I'll figure it out. Swim through whatever dimension we're in. <laughs> Yo, what if before this life, it was 2D? Before that, it was 1D. We were all just like dots. <laughs> And then we became lines and now we're people. And then we'll go to 40. You, you realize that life isn't linear, right? That's true. No, that's, that's straight facts because. Which I is think, really hard for the human brain to wrap our, our heads around. And that's why religion is okay. I do this, then like this, then this. It's time all linear. very linear. Yeah. And we yet, time. So it's easier to like process. Exactly. Like exactly. Cyclical. Is that what you believe life is? Cyclical? No, not, ne not necessarily in cycles, but um, evolution. So if your soul, Mimi, would do better with going into the fourth dimension and then going over to some random planet somewhere else and then over here, you know, everybody's so unique that I don't think that there would be um, a specific order to all souls that would be the exact same. Mm. Um, my belief is that we do have multiple lifetimes. And the reason why I was asking you this is because I feel like if you start opening up to the idea that, okay, maybe we do have multiple lifetimes because stagnancy is death. Mm. We would always choose to grow and learn. So mm. we would choose to have multiple lifetimes. And let's say, Mimi, you chose come down in this lifetime. You have a soul family. I believe we travel in soul families. Ooh, soul families. I've never heard of that. Yeah. That's cool. And so that's why there's certain people you just totally jive with. You're like, I feel like I know you. You know, those people that are just naturally comfortable and easy. Mm -hmm. Those are part of your soul family more than likely. And this includes people that we have had trauma with because what if, I'm just going to speak to myself. Let's do it. What if when this lifetime 
I wanted to know what abusive partners look like, narcissism, emotionally, physically abusive, you know, have my dad pass away, all these things. Because only through these experiences would I cultivate the strength, the wisdom, and the experiences that I have. Just like your mom. When you're talking about your mom, she's the woman she is because she's been through a ton of shit and because she's chosen how she wanted to navigate it, which is this beautiful experience from the sounds of it. She's she's cultivated amazing qualities about herself because of these experiences. Mm-hmm. And when we find, when we start looking at every experience in our life as a gift because there's something in there for us to learn, it's part of our soul's evolution. Mm-hmm. So in that, every lifetime we incarnate in is just for experience, which would mean there is not right or wrong. Mm-hmm. There's not good or evil because everything's just an experience. Mm-hmm. Is it possible that in one lifetime you would want to experience some really shitty, horrific thing? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Maybe. And um, I wanted to also speak to when you're, because there's people, when you're talking about your friends that, yeah, it's hard, the, all those people that DM'd you, it is hard to have that courage to step out because it is the irony is with the Jesus throwing the, the table or the charcuterie board of, hey, this is what happens when we die. And now you have a family member that you love, a partner, your your spouse that you're sealed eternally for that's saying, Hey, I don't I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid anymore. Mm-hmm. It is like in their minds, the temple or the table just got totally thrown over. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Now it's my experience when when my wife wanted to leave and I Yeah. It it rocked me because I was like, wait, what about eternity? Shit. And um, you start having to question your belief system. And that's why family systems struggle because they're the ones that are staying in are now forced to question, wait a minute, now what do I believe? Instead of just following, this is what the truth is because the church is telling me this. Mm -hmm. But now, one of someone I love dearly is choosing to leave. Do I really still hold on to the fact that families are internal only if? Mm. that's where it gets scary mm-hmm. yeah because that's that's what it was was and like and i wasn't even like super like committed to the religion at that time yeah but i was like the fact that that's off the table now and it was like how could you do that to me that mm-hmm. was like my reaction yeah and i've since apologized for that because she was just trying to figure out what was best for her right but i was like but you're not thinking about me and thank heaven she wasn't <laughs> like yeah. thank heaven she was thinking about what was best for her and um and yeah I, that's definitely what it is and it's it's hard because you can look at it you can look at it be like the people that are in the LDS church still are bad like they if you're part of it if in any way shape or form then you believe all this stuff and mm-hmm. that's why i never liked labeling myself as like a mormon because those words have attachments to it that I disagree with. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> On words are powerful. Yeah. yeah. It's like I'm a, I'm an American citizen, but I don't agree with everything that goes on in America. <laughs> I and don't think I can't, any of us does at this yeah, point. Yeah. And I can leave. I can go to another country. Yeah. But that would be really hard. It's easier to stay here. My, like my whole life is here. Yeah. And obviously that's not a direct like correlation with like how religion is, but I think there are some similarities where it's like, I'm comfortable. This is where my life is. Like I've, I could leave and I don't agree with everything in the church. Um, 
but like I, this is where if like I've built my life, like mm-hmm. it would be so difficult to move. So yeah, I I want people to live their life however they want, but I feel like having like malice and hatred or like contempt or like anger towards anything isn't really healthy. At least that's been my experience. It's not helpful. No. Yeah. And, and and then to like, to escape something because you are tired of feeling like the shame and guilt mm. only to turn around and look at those people still struggling with that shame and guilt and shame them for being there still. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just hope people Seems like a hypocrisy. It, it would be like literally, um, and when you're when you're hurt and when you're when you have that trauma, sometimes you do things that like that also hurt. Like hurt people hurt people, and the only way hurt people stop hurting people is through healing. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a song that just came out, and uh, there's a line in it where it's like, um, "If you want to heal the world, then heal yourself." And I've mm-hmm. made a whole lot of changes, but I'm still myself, and I've never thought I could make changes in who I am and become more me. Mm. And that's been my experience. I love, love, love that. What you're speaking to and part of what I do in this life is helping people remove the layer so that they can find more of themselves. Mm. And really at the core of all of us is who our natural state, our God selves, our authentic, true, higher selves. And we have just chosen to come into constructs where we have bought in to a lot of different layers and levels of stuff and until we're ready to ask those questions and then start having compassion for ourselves and others recognizing that we all have choice and then continue to let those layers remove i love i want to hear that song we'll have to make sure and post it in the show oh that'd be great thank you yeah i think there's just like a logical thing by like removing the layers you're becoming less of yourself it seems counterintuitive but by removing those layers you become more yourself Mm -hmm. so by subtracting you're adding Mm -hmm. which doesn't make sense to our mind just probably because it's linear. <laughs> <laughs> well, or just with what we've known and what we've been taught. Yeah. And I think that that's one of the things in any religion, in any construct, there's so much programming that goes in. So you going, man, I wonder why, I don't know why I still struggle with this. This is where you get to have compassion. Mm-hmm. And for anyone listening, you get to have compassion. You are, we are all unwinding years and years and decades from lineage patterning, a programming that has gone into our psyche for how long? Generations. So have compassion. Rec- you know, we're all, I don't care who you are, even the dick in the church, he's doing the best he can with what he has mm-hmm. right now. And that's the life he's choosing. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. You know, everyone that is still staying in, that's what they're choosing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So have you, oh, well, I'm not gonna, you'll have to look up Plato's, the allegory of the cave. Have you ever heard of that? Oh, shit. I think I read about that. It's some crazy shit where they'll just tell me it's like, it's like, okay, so let me the, guess, let me guess, let me guess, let me guess. Like, so like, I think they're, they're like in the cave yes. and then the like, someone ventures out and he's like, oh shit, it's a whole world out this bitch. And then he goes back in. He's like, yo, it's a, it's a whole world. And then they killed him or something. So they're prisoners. <laughs> like, no, you're super, super. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And there were prison, these 
prisoners. They're captive. They're chained up into a cave. There's a fire behind them, and all they can see is the shadows of, th- of things oh, that walk that's right. by. That's, that's all right. that they can see. And these things terrify them, and that is their full reality. And one of the prisoners gets loosed somehow and escapes, goes outside, is blinded by the light, takes a while to actually be, go, holy shit, this is real. Like at first, he doesn't, because his real, his reality were the shadows. Mm. So now he's seeing things in the light, and he's like, is this real? Like what? And then he come one, you know, after he figures out, yeah, this is real. He goes back in and tries to tell the other prisoners, Hey, come with me, come with me, come with me. Cause that's actually real. This isn't. And he has a hard time now seeing the shadows and they won't leave because that's the reality. And I think that's such a beautiful, beautiful allegory and, and parable to all the things that we're talking about, religion, not religion, anybody that's choosing to have, a viewpoint of whatever. They can only see the forest for the trees until you pop out of it mm-hmm. and see something different. Mm-hmm. But when we go on in the next life, Amanda, <laughs> we're going to be 4D. 4D? What yeah. if we can have that now? Oh, my God. <laughs> There's been too many mind-blowing things. That's more the Christ at heart. That's one of the books that I'm writing about. Right, The reemergence of the Christ within. Christ? Christ. Christ. Because mm-hmm. Jesus, this is a podcast one of these days I'm going to do. Yahshua ben Joseph was born Yahshua ben Joseph. He wasn't Christed until later on in life when he went through, removed the layers, mm-hmm. and they became Christed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I, like a lot of people, another thing, throwing the baby out with the bathwater, which is, a, I feel like that's a crazy thing. Do people do that? Like, that's a crazy thing. Well, you know, that's just a saying. I know, but like. Where do sayings come from? I don't even know. Did someone throw the bathwater like, oh shit, my baby and grab the baby too? I have no idea. Anyway, I I think that's one of those (laughs) things too, is like you leave Christianity and it's like you throw everything away. But like, if Jesus Christ was real and really, like maybe he was like a really great person. And like, I I heard a really interesting perspective about um, how people have, how capitalism has used Jesus, mm-hmm. essentially. Like he, uh, essentially, he was just a really, really great person that may or may not have really done of miracles, but at oh, the he heart, hundred percent did miracles in my belief system. Yeah, hundred percent. You know why? This is the thing that capitalism has, without a doubt. We have an archetype of Christ, Jesus Christ, on this planet, especially in the Americas, that's held and embedded in the earth. Mm. That, hey, here was someone who died for your sins because you're a sinner, by the way. So now all of us live in the shadow of the cross. We're all crucified in some way or another because Jesus was. So we're going to glorify the, his crucifixion. Not that he came back to life, thank you very much. Mm. Christianity is formed, um, like the base of Christianity is on forgiveness. And the, there was an empty tomb. But yet we identify with the cross and... um. If you speak your truth, Mimi, if Christ was alive today, would he not be crucified again? 100% he would. I mean, anybody who speaks out and speaks their voice, their truth, Christ went against the constructs there in Mm -hmm. the time that he was alive. And that's why he was crucified for a lot of different reasons. But Mm -hmm. he showed, and at the time, the people did not know what happened after death. They didn't believe that there was life or death. They didn't know that there was life after death. Here's a being that comes in and shows, hey, I can actually see 99% that you can't see because this table right here, science has shown us 
that this is 99.99% space. Mm. So the only thing we're seeing is actually the matter that makes up less than 1%. And that is what we're focused on, is the 1% and not the 99. Jesus. And isn't that capitalism? (laughs) Yeah. And Jesus saw the 99%. He worked Mm -hmm. with the 99%. It was as real as this table here. Mm. So he was here to show us what we're capable of. And instead capitalism, Christianity has put him on a pedestal, made us repent of our sins time and time and time again, put guilt, put shame, put all these constructs over how evil and wicked we are as humans. In all reality, Jesus was trying to just show us what we're capable of. Mm -hmm. We were talking about that before we started recording too, is it's like, um, if people can get you upset or engage you emotionally, then they can um, manipulate you. Mm -hmm. And that's that's one of the things I think is really sad about religion is a lot of it. You you always hear about these like religions that are it's like they were embezzling money, you know, it's yeah. time and time and time and time again. Um it's unfortunate and I don't know as humans if we're capable of being able to maintain a flawless religious institution. I don't think it's in us and I think and I'm, <clears throat> I don't know there's so many ways to live life but I've found a lot of joy and relief by um I've had a lot more spiritual experience like outside of like a religious building. Mm-hmm, I would agree. That's where majority of my spiritual experiences are. Mm-hmm. Where it's like do you remember like going to um <clears throat> like a youth conference or mm-hmm. something like that and then they have the testimony meeting and then you're like I'm going to say something and I'll make everybody cry and then i'm gonna cry the spirit's gonna be crazy and you're just like hyping yourself up and i'm like i gotta tell a crazy story like i broke my leg no i broke both my legs and it's like you stubbed your toe or something um i i think the spiritual moments are like in those little moments where you're with your friends or like a loved one or with your kid where you're just playing Mm -hmm. and you're just like i want this forever yeah for sure. I love that you brought up earlier about um, how it was hard for you when your wife communicated that she was done mm-hmm. and the questioning that it forced you to kind of that you were angry. How did you work through that? Therapy. Yeah. How long <laughs> did it take? How long ago was this? Five or four years ago. Really? So it's been that long. Well, I mean, uh, I worked through it after, but I mean, I don't know. I guess it was like stages. So it was yeah. like, okay, she's like out the church, but like, and then that made me want to be like in the church more. Um, Why? Or she'd like go drink. Why and did I'd be it like, make- I'm going to read the scriptures <laughs> uh, because in, I think subconsciously it was like, well, she must be doing these things to like attack me. Um. So like, I need to like rebuff and like attack her yeah. with like good like she's trying to bring bad in. So let me bring good in even harder to like try to balance it. And then uh, it's so hard to f- try to be able to place fault. It's like, oh, that was my fault. Or no, that was like the religion's fault. Like that was their bad. And whatever, whoever's fault it was, it was happening. And I needed to like make the adjustment. And that, and it was a long time because it was like, 
drilled into my head. Um, this book, um, you probably know it, Miguel Ruiz, The Four Agreements. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's a beautiful book. That book, Fire. Yeah. So all these agreements that we have been subjected to, whether we've like taken them on ourselves or they're like put on to us, we just have all of these agreements and that's our belief system. The agreements that like, I agree that alcohol is bad. I agree that anyone that drinks alcohol is bad mm-hmm. or and I should avoid that. And so we go our whole lives with all these agreements and then whenever anything comes in con uh, is contrary to those beliefs, you distance yourself or you disengage or you condemn it or whatever. Mm -hmm. So the, the book basically talks about is like restructuring these agreements that you've spent your whole life with, whether you've put them there or your parents or your church leaders put them there, getting rid of all of it. And then like rebuilding with these, these agreements. Um, One of my favorite ones is not taking things personally. Yeah. And so when, my wife would like have a night out with her friends and go drink. I used to be like, this is a personal attack on me and mm-hmm. my belief and my family and the things that I want. And now that I don't take things personally, I'm like, she is having a good time with her friends mm-hmm. and she's going to come back and she's going to tell me she had so much fun and we're probably going to hook up. So it's <laughs> honestly great. Um, but that's a win-win like, situation. It honestly is. And that's, that's been like one of my favorite things is like not taking things personally, yeah. like driving down the road and someone cuts you off. Maybe they got to get somewhere. Yeah. Boom. I'm on with my day. Like I'm, yeah. I'm not thinking like five hours later, Oh, I'm so mad that that guy like drove in front of me because mm-hmm. that's ended energy expenditure. Oh, for sure. Something I could be spending like with my kids or with like my family or like doing something positive. Um, so yeah, I think that's probably like the biggest thing is I was taking everything that she was doing personally. Like yeah. it's a personal attack on me. When in reality, she's like, she just hasn't been able to experience life that she's wanted to because she's had all of these confinements, boundaries, borders that were agreements that were set up a lot of times not by her own volition. Yeah. So um, yeah, if like if I was able to not take things personally back then, I feel like that would have been able to maybe make that transition smoother. Um, not that I regret how it happened. It happened how it happened. I learned my lessons and, um, you guys yeah, seem like you've was... moved through it. Has it yeah. strengthened your relationship? For sure. Well, that's good. Like, I think where we're at now is like the strongest we've, we've ever really been. Mm-hmm. And like, I think it helps her that I've also left the church. Mm. Um, because she, uh, identifies as, as pan and so she's part of the lgbtq community and so she's sees anybody that's a part of that community the lds community as like anti her yeah um which i can understand Mm -hmm. but we already talked to that point um but i think it's 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 helped us a lot yeah for sure (laughs) but still like i so like we'll have parties at our house I guess not parties, like just get togethers and like there's alcohol. There used to not be any alcohol in the house because I was afraid that it would be a negative impact like on our children. Yeah. And we've both agreed like we keep it away. Like we're not like that's not happening. We we find a comfortable way where it works for both of us. But we'll have people come over and like everybody's drinking and like I'm not, which has been my whole life experience. I'm (laughs) always around people that's drinking. Um. And it just feels so great for her that she can, it can be a place where people can come and like be themselves and be relaxed. And that's been like a huge thing for our relationship where 
our house can be like a safe hub for people mm-hmm. to like come and be themselves. Well, and even though it took some time, I would imagine too, she feels even safer with you because she was able to share all of those pieces and mm-hmm. have you work your stuff and then come back together. Cause I'm sure it kind of put some distance for a minute. Oh yeah. But then coming back together and being stronger because of it. I think that's beautiful. Yeah. It's like the, it's just uh again, what Miguel Ruiz was writing about. I had this belief system that was in contrary to how she wanted to live her life. Mm-hmm. Um, just speaking about relationship wise. And I was like, what, <clears throat> what actually serves me? And I was like being with this, person serves me immensely yeah. and i look at these beliefs that i've had that have they're just like in this cellar just sitting like i don't even go check on this shit it's just there right and and then i'm like looking at it i'm like this this doesn't serve me like mm-hmm. these beliefs aren't serving me they aren't helping me mm-hmm. and a lot of times they're hurting they're hindrance not only in my relationship but maybe how i like view other people and re- like receive other people and other relationships i have so letting go of like a lot of those old belief systems that were there just because mm-hmm. they were there and I hadn't like done any maintenance or spring cleaning. Um, well, I think, a lot. I think that there's a the part of us and I'm not quite sure where it comes from, but this idea that we have to hide, you know, or even some of those people that were sharing that, oh my gosh, I could never tell my husband. And that's where my heart just hurts because, and I, and I've been there in a place to where, again, I don't know where this comes from, but there is a lot of, we don't talk about how you actually get to share all of yourself with your partner partner. Cause that's, that's the way we choose to come into relationships is to really be all that we are and then have an experience with another person in that space. Mm-hmm. And that means we don't hide aspects of us. If we're struggling with some part or something's happened or we've, I, I mean, this is a long story. So that's why I'm trying not, I just had a personal aha moment years ago where I had a friend of mine that was like, why on earth would you not share all of who you are with your person. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we don't because there's that fear, but really it's just allowing ourselves to expand even deeper with, with our, our spouse, with mm-hmm. the person that we're choosing to spend our life with. And at the end of the day, is that not what all of us are seeking is to be unconditionally loved and accepted and connect in such a deeper way, even if the idea of it scares the shit out of us. And we dive in anyway, and then we get to see what we're made of. My belief system was preventing me from unconditionally loving my wife. Isn't that interesting? That's good. That's a beautiful awareness. And it wasn't until I let some of those things go Mm -hmm. that I could fully unconditionally love my wife. Yeah. And I'm so thankful that I did. Yeah. She's like the best. Yeah, which is a, that's a whole, we could have a whole other podcast about this because it is, I'm only going to love you conditionally, you know, it's a conditional love because you fit these parameters, these boxes. Oh, now you don't want to be Mormon anymore? Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> this has been awesome. It's been great. This has been super fun. So for all of those out there that are listening is there any advice that you would love to give for anyone that's in, I mean, you had all these people that messaged you, so you already get a feel for what people are struggling with. What would be some words of Mimi wisdom of, Hey, that would be helpful. You don't have to lose faith when you leave religion. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> don't be afraid to clean out your cellar of, of old beliefs. Yeah. Oftentimes they're not serving you anymore. Um, 
And we'll for sure post that song, the link in the show oh, yeah. notes. Because I love that line that you, I mean, it was more than just one line it sounded like, but that was mm-hmm. beautiful. Yeah. You find yourself more when you let go of the layers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the, yeah, I think those would be like the three things is, um, by, uh, through change, I've become more of the person that I, that I am. And by, by that change, I've, it's really just letting go of stuff for mm-hmm. me. Like the biggest changes is not necessarily like adding additional like actions. It's removing like old stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I think those would be like the three things is um, subtracting to add, mm-hmm. like letting go to become more of yourself, mm-hmm. um, holding on to faith as you're leaving religion and Drunk sex? Was that what? I can't remember. <laughs> Something like that. I can't remember what it was. Something like that. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Although you're not drunk, I'm not. You're taking advantage. It's very what? strange. It's very strange because it's like a different person. Uh huh. So like, and I hadn't had very many experiences like that. So this is where we're leaving it off, I guess. Is um, <laughs> like I had to, I had to like sit just down and be like, sometimes I get uncomfortable when we have sex and you're drunk and I'm. And I'm not because I don't drink. Because it feels like it's a different person. <laughs> Another like, part of you that's coming out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. It's so great to see you. It's so good to see you. We definitely need to do lunch. I'd love for you to meet Jess. I would too. I would love that. Is there anything else you want to say before we wrap up? Um, no, I'm just thankful for the time to hang out with you and yeah, chat. You too. You too, you too. This has been so fun. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thanks, Mimi. For sure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining me. Wasn't that a fun interview with Mimi Knowles? Make sure to go snag his latest release on Spotify. I will put it in the show notes so it's easy just to go snag, but it is an awesome song. I love Mimi's music and just love who he is. Who he is. So make sure and go check out his latest single. And if you are feeling the call to share your story, I am actually looking for stories that are not based in Mormonism. So other religious, leaving religion, any religion stories. If you are listening and this is you, reach out to me. You can email me. I'll put my email down in the show notes or reach out to me on Instagram and message me there. And as always, remember that you are not alone in your journey and that we are here to help each other home. And if this podcast assists you in finding more and more of your spiritual center, then I am doing what I'm here to do. And that makes me happy. So sending you all so much love. Mm